Zone Sports Network. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to talk to Bowler coming up here shortly, and we'll ask Bowler about the latest in the world of sports, but we'll find out what Bowler's doing to pass the time as well. Uh, we were talking in the break, you and I, Gordon, about how you and the fam are, are trying to churn out a movie every night. Yeah, that's uh, one of the activities we've been doing. Everybody is busy with different things, but uh, uh, along in the evenings, we, we try to uh, catch a movie, uh, and we've been keeping that up fairly steadily. You watched so, all uh, all four Hunger Games movies, you said? Yeah, somebody picked that, and uh, and I had not seen I think I'd seen one of them. I'll, I'll tell you uh, this. You mentioned uh, perfect casting earlier uh, in the show. You were talking about that. Woody Harrelson as Hamish? That is a that is a perfect <laughs> casting job for whoever was casting the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. I still think number one, oh, I think it's a tie for number one. George C. Scott for Patton and uh, and Jack Nicholson for, uh, what was it, McMurphy in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, yeah. Yeah, two two best casting jobs I've ever seen. I still kind of disagree with you on the George C. Scott one. I do love One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but I mean, you never know because you've never seen another actor in that role, right? Who's to say like Paul Newman wouldn't have done better, but we just never saw it, right? But he was just perfect for that particular role. Just like I think in my mind's eye, Patton may have had a squeaky voice, but when I think of Patton, I think I think I think of George C. Scott before I think of. George Patton. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think George C. Scott did too good a job. Like uh, <laughs> like when you think of Richie Valens, who do you think of? Richie Valens or Lou Diamond Phillips? <laughs> good point. Good point. But, yeah. And, and someone told me once, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe Austin, Mr. Movie, would, would know the answer to this. But I, somebody once told me that they offered the Patton part to John Wayne first. Uh, Austin is uh, getting bowler on the line at the moment there, Gordon. But uh, we, I, check in with your good friend Google right there in front of you. Yeah, I guess I could. And, and, but I don't know, because when, uh, when did John Wayne pass? I, yeah, I guess he could have done it. But anyway, uh, that's what someone said. I have no idea whether it's true. Uh, Burt Lancaster and John Wayne were both considered for the role of Patton. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, how about George... this? How about this? Ronald Reagan wanted the lead role, but producers never offered it to him. Is that right? Well, mm. According to this article that says uh, 20 facts you might not know about Patton. <laughs> I'll be. That is a terrific movie. And uh, George C. Scott, what a, what a role he played there. All right, let's uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Of course, uh, joining us now, the television voice of the Utah Jazz and our good friend Craig Bowler. Jack Bowler, how are you? How's the fam? Jay Gordo, how are you, man? Good. You guys talking movies? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, we're, 
We were talking about Patton uh, and how I said that I think uh, Bowler, I think George C. Scott and uh, in the role of Patton and uh, Jack Nicholson in the role of McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. two, two of the finest casting jobs in the history of movie making. You know, I, I, those movies were made for both of those individuals, and who can forget Patton up and down those stairs addressing uh, the, you know, the audience, the troops. I mean, yeah, he just wore those bloomer kind of, you know, those bloomer <laughs> pants on the outfit. <laughs> The army. Yeah. I mean, no one could wear it better, you know. And he just, yeah, he brought that that figure, a main figure, to life. And of course, Jack was unbelievable. Gordon also brought this up, uh, Bowler, early in the show. He said, "Who is the best fictional movie leader of all mm. time?" And Gordon said the Russell Crowe character from Gladiator, which I find ridiculous because it was like one man versus the Roman Empire. That was the whole point. <laughs> that was the whole point of the movie. No, How but you saw the. Great hold leader? on here. Hold on here. You saw the way he led his army. He was out front. He was bad. He was leading from the front, not the back. And and his men were responding to him in a major way. I thought I thought he was the epitome of good leadership, Bowler. Wow, man, that's um, you know. Let's see, I'm trying to. Okay, yeah, Crow. That was a that was a in, intriguing movie. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, so uh, let me think. Let me think. Um, well, Patton, right, would come to mind. I mean, was that not? Uh, Patton another? was good, but we were kind of trying to go with fictional characters. Oh, fictional. Okay. See, fictional. I, I went with the big eye Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, he may have okay. lost lost in the end because Frodo got the the ring right. into the into the lava or whatever. But it seemed like he really mustered a lot of army and uh, and nearly won it all. Well, I guess would would, would was Harry Potter part of an incredible army to to protect. Uh against Voldemort I mean it seems like Harry let out yeah yeah you yeah. Could throw him into that category because Harry actually as the twist came he was actually part Voldemort because they had intertwined during that time and so he had to fight yeah that was a difficult thing to do uh, uh, there's there's that's a great one that's a great discussion man see uh, when I when, when, bowler when I hear Jake say that Maximus was uh, a, a single man. He he was driven. I get that, but it's not like he was James Bond or something. Where it was it was kind of him saving the day. He was he was a natural leader, and the other people rallied around him. Yes, leadership would be that someone who has the it factor, and everyone wants to uh, who believe and say, "Follow me." Now, when you think of James Bond, no, Maximus did not have all the gadgets and tools, but he was pretty handy with uh, uh, with one of those. Uh, what do you call? <laughs> what do you call uh, that he had in his hand? You know, the the the, the blade, the scepter, all that stuff, the net, I like mean, a he was, mace. It <laughs> was pretty handy. Those are James Bondish type gadgets back in those days. Well, they were fairly lethal, that's for sure. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Man, when he goes up against that one guy with the mask, you know, and then he, he's getting beat up by him, and then he, he takes that that thingamabob, whatever it is, that sharp hammer, and yeah. just yeah. just the drills thing- him in the toe. Yeah. And then, the- Oh, man, what a move that was. The thingamabob. Take that thing is a tough thing. That thingamabob. 
<laughs> All right, Bowler, let's let's talk a little basketball. I wouldn't want to get hit by that. No. Oh, a bomb. No. no way. Those thing bombs do they do some damage. They are big. Yeah, yeah they're tough to get too, by the way. <laughs> Bowler, what'd you make of uh, Adam Silver reportedly on the, the conference call with President Trump over the weekend mentioned that he'd like the NBA if possible to lead us out of this thing considering they were the first um, uh, league to kind of shut down. I know we, yeah. you know that's not really 100% up to him, but I thought that that was kind of a, a good positive sentiment on his part. Well, I, I think they're starting to talk and getting ideas. And what those are, I'm sure there's multiple. You've heard the Vegas uh, model. Uh, you know, everyone sequestered or quarantined uh, at one of the major hotels and play at the Cox Pavilion and Thomas and Mac. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, that to me would be one huge undertaking to try to keep about a thousand personnel, players included. I was trying to figure that up today, what the traveling party would be. And of course, you'd probably have just a few broadcast crews in there, much like how they do uh, summer league, and you know, rotate through the day with with games. But I can understand why Silver would like to see the NBA lead the way back because. Point A was in Oklahoma City. Um, heck, I'd like to call those games, to be honest. Uh, but again, that's out of all of our control. I think, again, I still just try to, you know, watch and learn as the, every day clicks by. And hopefully we're starting to see some hope and some downturn. And if that's the case, then you can really start talking maybe a little bit more aggressively about how to restart all this. Because the other part of it, you know, and I, you, you read Joe and you read uh, what other NBA players are saying through their own social outlets, and they've made that public is, you know, how do we actually go about, you know, finding uh, or getting the time to work ourselves, way, you know, back into shape? I know many have, are trying to do, you know, home gym stuff, right? But you can't replicate basketball without being on a, on a basketball court and getting back because really, what did Donovan say to us uh, last week on our Jazz playbacks? They were just reaching really the pinnacle of the season. They, you know, coming back from the All Star game, you know, getting their their focus and look how probably in physical shape they were to make that last eighteen game drive plus into the postseason. So that's the other part of the equation. What would the specialists say? What would the analytics say? about time it takes to put an athlete back on the floor without, mind you, uh, or let's just say you'll never get away from injury, but how about the percentages of lowering any type of restart to a season injury? I'm sure there's numbers to it. I think you have to listen to the body. But, again, I think that maybe the biggest hurdle is how much time you give players to actually get back into shape to go play this game. Well, what do you think of suggestions like uh, the various people have said uh, suggested a one-on-one tournament, like you and Jake? <laughs> I would. Do I you think, find any? I remember uh, back when I, I was I, I was quite young back in uh, I think it was in junior high school, and and the NBA had players who were going out. There was a one-on-one contest. Do you remember that, Bowler? You were probably pretty young at the time, but. Uh, oh. Maybe uh, you know the three on three uh, would would intrigue me, but I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm still maybe too much of a purist where I'd like to just get the guys on the floor. I know they're talking about horse, 
I'm not sure that really is gonna is is gonna invigorate me personally. It may be a fun, you know, kind of a an oddity for a night or two, but I don't think you can really get much out of it. I think basically you got to go back, uh, and if you're going to restart it, and then you either make two decisions. I think it's well, you have three. You can cancel the season. That's that's the most drastic. The second one would be to to play much like what they talk about the Vegas model with no fans. And the third one is to wait enough time to get back into the arena. And again, I doubt fans would still be a part of it, but you could still maybe finish out a 10-game season to to finalize the positioning of one through eight. And could the Jazz will hold the four spot? Can they hold it? Could they move up one? Or would Oklahoma City make a run at the Jazz? Because they still have to, I believe that we still had to play the Lakers twice, OKC twice, Denver twice, and in San Antonio as well, who most likely would have missed their first playoff outing in 20, what, three years under Pops. Uh, never thought that day would come. But all those things kind of me come into play on how you do it. Or the other option would be, I guess the fourth option would be to just pick up the season right now and play the playoffs as the seedings are today. And that would mean the Jazz would host OKC in round one with home court advantage. Uh, so, you know, there's ways, but again, the bottom line is until you get the all clear or the green light from those who know more than all of us about uh, pandemics and viruses, and well, you don't want this thing to turn back around and make a second visit. So sooner or later, maybe you, you just have to just hold your breath and, and, and just, you know, we're, we're all hoping for the best. But there's options, but we just have to know when the time is right. And I'm not sure if anybody has an idea of really when that time is. Well, Lord, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but who is your favorite non-jazz player in the NBA right now to watch? I think it's Ante Um I'm fascinated with his size. I'm fascinated with his speed, the stride of the floor, his confidence, his leadership, but also his ability uh, to take the ball outside in and power. And also, uh, I've watched his teammates with great respect uh, of how they how he handles himself with them, uh, he's a franchise changer, no doubt, and uh, obviously has turned the Bucks' fortunes uh, to a highest of levels. Now, can they keep him there? Uh, I think small markets always have that tendency to to worry and struggle once they find one of you know who, who they home grow a guy through the draft. Can you actually keep him? But I think he's just complete. Uh, he's a guy that just gives me an idea that he can handle the ball. He's kind of a, despite his size, uh, I don't know if any coach would really say, well, I don't know if I have to put a number on him in the sense of position because I think the guy can play multiple spots on the floor because he handles the ball uh, as well. But, yeah, he intrigues me a lot. I like watching him play, just like I did Yao Ming back in the day when he first came on the scene because he was just such an oddity of a big man that had the ability to shoot, to defend, but also run the floor until his size got the better of him. It's just odd, Jake, to see a guy, a few guys come through this league with skill sets that just put you in, in awe because you, it just shouldn't be that way because of their size. But he grew into his body, and he's as athletic as they come. He's, he's a special player. Well, we were joking around earlier about the uh, the leadership, the leaders in cinema and whatnot. 
who's the best leader or who are some of the best leaders you've ever seen uh, or called games who are they were participating out on the field in any sport? Oh, man. Well, let's see. One guy that comes to mind is Junior Seau. Um, uh, the late and great Junior Seau when he was with the Chargers. I, I, I recall several games I did uh, with him. And I, I, even in our team meetings, his leadership, I think I've told this story before, how he handled the rookie Ryan Leaf, uh, the quarterback that day. He was not happy with the way that he slouched in a chair and put headphones on, and he berated him to say that's not who we are and that's not who you will be if you're going to lead this team. And his, and his, by the way, his vocal level was ten times what I just how I just said it. <laughs> and I always really was always amazed at his skill, but also the way that he was able to, to, uh, to lead a team. And, um, you know, he went on to New England, but his, his best days, honestly – uh, were with the Chargers. He really impressed me. Um, gosh, coaches, you know, Coach Wooden, when I met him, it, it's the real deal. And, and talking to all the players who played for him, he was a special person who understood life outside the game, which is also an important an, an important rule as well to give them space and to also, um, even when he talked to me one time, he, he asked me, you know, are you satisfied and driven in your job and I thought wow you know those are heavy questions instead of just talking X's and O's and I said absolutely I, I do believe I've found what I, I've always wanted to do and so he was very cordial happy but uh, you could just tell he had a personal way about him and those are odd leadership qualities at such a high level too right because it's all about winning and sometimes coaches get so fixated on berating a player Instead of helping him grow not only as a player but as a human, I thought Coach Wooden was all that. I mean, I could go on and on. There's just some. Everyone has a different, you know, leadership capability and the way that they connect with people. And it's interesting, player versus coach, or yeah, you know, even a media member that you that you or a broadcaster that I have respect for. You know, Jim, uh, Jim Nance and I are good friends, but yet he he takes time to. Includes the 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 entire crew of fifty that puts a football or a basketball game on. You just take those moments to step aside and say, "Hey, man, you, thank you. Hey, you you, you get hard work. You're making me. You help me do my job better." Those are leaders. Those are leaders who step out. I think in the spotlight in tough times and actually say, "Follow me," and people actually do because hopefully maybe he doesn't have the answer, but at least he has a a direction. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing, too. Bowler, thank you so much, as always. We always look forward to our conversations. And when you get a chance Thanks, to man. drop by. Hey, I miss you guys. I hope one day soon I can stroll into the into the old uh, Studio B there and, and uh, you know, see Austin do his, his work behind the glass. Uh, those are fun days to hang out and actually have some chuckles, too. And uh, we all need a laugh or two, don't we? Yeah, we Gordon, absolutely before I go, do. man, you got a joke? Can you... Uh, have you done Doc, uh, Chester Shadows of late? Has Chester made a visit, Jake, into the into the broadcast or no? Thankfully, it's been a while. Oh, see, okay. see, Bowler, the last time Chester showed up, I, 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 he was chastised uh, by by Jake and Austin and uh, okay. kind of shamed back into a corner. So he is not. So is he, uh, are you telling me he's actually in hiding right now? Kind of in hiding a little bit. Thank yeah. goodness, Bowler. Did you see Tiger King yet? Have you watched that thing? <laughs> 
You know, I saw one episode yeah. and I thought this is a this is a bizarre one. Man. You know, he's related to Chester Shadows, that guy. You know. Oh, really? No, no, no. That's just a vicious rumor. <laughs> really? <laughs> Polar, I did, I did, I did happen upon uh, a movie last night that I thought that you probably have seen before and have uh, enjoyed, Red River. Oh yeah, yeah, forty three yeah. times I believe on my chart. Yes, Red River. <laughs> I would, uh, if you're in the cowboy uh, western mood, that's one you got. Fort Apache, uh, you know, uh, my darling Clementine, anything like that. Uh, you know, even True Grit. I mean, come on, you know, yeah. Which version, the original or the the redo? Oh, the the, the original was by yeah. far. And I'll tell you a movie that I know we're running over. Uh, Austin, I'm sorry. John Wayne's last movie, The Shootist, is really well done. It's, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 old gunfighter who knows his days are numbered. Who's it's, the woman in that? Who's the who's the female lead? Oh, wouldn't you have to to guess? Oh, what's me? her name? I've seen I, that movie. I can. It's, it's, it's not Audrey Hepburn, is it? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh shoot! Anyway, Austin, what is what does Google say? Or uh, gosh, dang it! Who was that lead lady? She ran. It was pretty much like off of a gun smoke, you know. Uh, where Miss Kitty, the bar, you know, the lady that owned the, the bar. She, she was, was taking a, she was taking no crap from, uh, from no, John. Tell no. you what, I'll have it ready for you next week, Bowler. Okay. Give me some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll run down all the characters in the shoot us next week right here on 1280. I like it. Bowler, John Wayne, your favorite actor of all time? Uh, I think uh, John Wayne is there just because, I, as a kid, I was mesmerized by the way that he you know, uh, handled himself in fights and both in war and in the Wild West. I don't know why. I don't know why I have such a fixation. Henry Fond is another guy, and Jimmy Stewart. Uh, those guys, I don't know. It's just uh, if you watch Jimmy Stewart and Henry Fonda do their work, and Henry Fonda does a great job, and uh, uh, my darling Clementine with Doc Holliday and the shootout with the Clanton brothers. So it's, See, I, I know people are laughing, but you know what? When you when you do late news for all the years that I I have, and when you travel and you get in late, what's on television at that time? Turner Classic Movies or AMC, and all of a sudden that that, that pops up, or I run across a John Wayne, uh, you know, birthday week, and so I'm just going, "Hey, man, this is great." I won't turn the doggone thing off, but that's how I grew up. Um, it was kind of fun to relive those once in a while. It makes you feel good. No doubt about it, Bowler. Thank you so much, as always. My man. We'll see you guys. Take care. Be safe. See you. Stay well, Bowler. The great Mm -hmm. Craig Bowler Jack with us. We'll get to our daily drops coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for our drops of the day during this weird time in the sports world where we have no sports. We've uh, been trying to have a little fun every day at 5.30 by playing some of our favorite uh, drops, bits, you know, funny stuff, sometimes stuff making fun of each other. But we, we've been nicer to each other, it feels like, uh, lately, Gordon. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to continue or not. Uh, 
whatever the laugh factor is, uh, go for it, regardless of uh, anybody's feelings. Um, I'm going to go in honor of Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State head football coach, who is in the news today, by the way. He made a statement about how he wants to get his team together and that they can prepare and isolate themselves from uh, uh, the, the world because it's important financially that they get things moving. And uh, he's drawing a lot of heat for that today. And I just thought the, the, the teleconference involving Mike Gundy might be, this might be one of my top five favorite bits ever, Gordon, where, what was this, uh, was it last year or two years ago where he tried to censor some reporters by saying they couldn't report on a transfer? <laughs> Am I yes. remembering that correctly? Yes, like a, a kid was transferring, and he told them all that they could not report on it. And then one of the student journalists went to their journalism professor, right, who yes. uh, who reported the news and said that it wasn't right what Mike Gundy was doing. And um, then his teleconference the next week got basically, what, pranked by, by several fake reporters, <laughs> and it is hilarious. Here you go. Mike Gundy, if you have a question, press star one. Your first question from Brett Kirkenbach, BeatTheTwelve.com. Hi, Mike. Uh, congratulations on the uh, victory. Uh, I-, I thought you brought up a really interesting point after the game on Saturday. You said uh, people focusing on the wrong things is what's kind of driving this country into the ground. What other aspects of people doing their jobs do you have a problem with? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Your next question is from Rich Mitchum, CFB Daily. Uh, hey, Coach. Uh, great win on Saturday in Lawrence. Really impressive performance offensively, and I think uh, even more specifically through the air. Especially impressive considering you did it all without Jalen McCleskey. Can you give a quick update on his status moving forward? Uh, Jalen McCleskey is transferring. I thought everybody knew that. Your next question is from Trey Anastasio, Stillwater Tribune. Hey, Mike. Good morning to you, man. I know it's been kind of a frustrating seven days or so, which I don't really think is right because y'all played a heck of a game on Saturday. Seems like a lot of these reporters don't have any respect for your unwarranted petulance, and I, for one, can't believe they'd have the nerve to do their jobs and not kowtow to your empty threats. I guess what I'm really saying is, it's 2018. Do we really even need freedom of press anymore? I'm not sure what you're asking. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure what you're asking. <laughs> That's so good. What is it? Unwarranted petulance. Unwarranted petulance. Seems like a lot of these reporters don't have any respect for your unwarranted petulance. And I- <laughs> <laughs> How dare they try to do their jobs? Oh, Man, I'll tell you that was uh, that was a coordinated effort there, and. Uh, and I, I don't think I don't know what Mike was doing. He I half expected him to explode, but it was almost as though he wasn't aware of what was happening. I for one can't believe they'd have the nerve to do their jobs. <laughs> they'd have the nerve to do their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and the one guy goes with the freedom of the press. <laughs> it's two thousand eighteen. Do we really even need freedom? What other aspects of people doing their jobs do you have a problem with? <laughs> I like the guy that just blatantly asked about the transfer. About the transfer. You got it done without this guy over the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That may be one of the best coordinated responses I've ever seen. Oh, man, that that is amazing. Remarkable. That is amazing. All right, Gordo, you're up next. All right, I, I think I'll go with the, uh, with the fellow that uh, was uh, worried about losing his life savings. 
Henry Gribbom says he lost his life savings, $2,600, on a carnival game. And all he has to show for it is this stuffed banana with dreadlocks. You're expecting to win a few things and, you know, let the kids have a good time. Um, it just didn't turn out that way. Gribbom says he attended a Manchester carnival run by Fiesta shows and wanted to win an Xbox Connect at a game called Tubs of Fun, where contestants toss balls into a tub. When he practiced, he says it was easy, but something changed when he started playing for the prize and the balls kept popping out. It's not possible that it wasn't rigged. Gribbom says he kept trying to win back his money by going double or nothing. He dropped $300 in just a few minutes, then says he went home to get $2,300 more and soon lost all that as well. Henry says he went back the next day to complain and the man running the game gave him back $600. Henry split with the banana and the cash and filed a report with Manchester PD. For once in my life, I happen to become that sucker. In Derry, New Hampshire, Michael Rosenfield, WBZ News. I have never heard that. He split with the banana? <laughs> and the cash. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that part where he said he went back for $2,300 yeah, more. Dollars. He went back over 2300 bucks. Wow. That's really funny. I've never heard that. That's great. How have I never heard that? That's hilarious. Do you think those things, do you think those things are rigged? Of course they're rigged. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. Gordon's the, the guy who continues to fork over the, the uh, like, all right, fine, another 10 bucks. <laughs> Here, that milk no. bottle is mine. I don't do that stuff. I like how the reporter had to describe the tubs of fun game. Here's how it's played. <laughs> it's a tub full of fun. I'm Henry Abbott for uh, the news. That's hilarious. Okay. I like that one. All right, Austin. I don't know. Just because Bowler was just on. I remember this thing we used to do, uh, Gordon, when you used to tease that Bowler was coming up next, and I just strung them all together, and I just thought it was a piece of work, or a piece of art, or a piece. Craig Bowler, Jack, will join us, and we'll talk some jazz basketball, and he'll solve the air pollution problem in Utah. Craig Bowler, Jack, will tell us the best way to remove splinters, and Craig Bowler, Jack, will join us, and he'll teach us how to make candles out of used kitchen grease. Craig Bowler, Jack, will join the big show, and he'll teach us how to tie both shoes with one hand. Craig Bowler, Jack, will give us the secrets to his killer tapioca pudding recipe. Craig Bowler, Jack, will show us how to make emergency candles out of earwax. Bowler, Jack, will join us and he'll teach us the correct methodology for our bikini wax. Craig Bowler Jack will join us and he'll take us on a tour of the stars in Hollywood. Bowler will teach us how to build a fire with pocket lint and a flashlight. Craig Bowler Jack will join the show and he will teach us how to fix that itch that so many people are suffering from. Craig Bowler Jack will join the big show and he's going to teach us how to polka. Craig Bowler Jack is in Vegas and he'll teach us the secret to winning at Pi Gal Polka. Craig Bowler Jack will explain to us in detail why he freezes his underwear during the summer months. In honor of Pioneer Day, he will teach us how to churn butter and maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe square dance. Jazz play-by-play man Craig Bowler Jack will join the big show and he'll teach us more lawn maintenance. Craig Bowler Jack will join the big show and he will teach us the appropriate way to wield a banana knife. Craig Bowler Jack, the voice of the jazz, will join us, and he will, folks, teach us how to twerk. TV voice of the jazz, Craig Bowler Jack, will teach us how to sing a cappella. Craig Bowler Jack will join the big show, and he will teach us to play the fiddle and bang the drum. Craig Bowler Jack will join the big show, and he will teach us how to pick out, how to punch, and how to carve 
a pumpkin. Craig Bowlerjack will join us. He'll teach us how to whistle with a dry mouth and chapped lips while paddling a canoe upstream into a 50-mile-per-hour headwind. Wow. How about that? Bowlerjack, the renaissance man. I'll tell you, he can do man. anything. Eagle I'll Scout that, Craig Bowlerjack. Tie both shoes with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Did you notice there were several different ways to uh, make candles? Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> That stuff was all off the top of the head, man. Come on, there's going to be some. What, you're telling me that's not real skills that uh, Bowler puts on his resume? Because he should, if he doesn't. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He'd get a second interview in a second. Some of that stuff, I guarantee you, he he knows how to do it. Oh, he knows how to twerk. All right, coming up next, we crown. That's a picture I don't really want in my mind right now. Thank you. We crown a champion in our Moments of Madness bracket. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For the broken hearted. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97, 5 and 1280 the zone. Gordon, we've uh, been uh, doing this exercise for as long as the NCAA tournament was supposed to uh, have gone on. The Moments of Madness Bracket Challenge, where we've had our listeners vote on the best moments in NCAA history. And uh, today, we crown a champion. Yes, we do, and I I think it's going to be very lopsided, but that's just my my thought. You don't think uh, you don't think George Mason stands a chance, huh? No, I don't. Uh, we've got the one seed Thurl's NC State title winner. By the way, I believe it's Thurl's birthday. I think I oh it is. I oh, think yeah, I saw is. that yeah. online. So if if he pulls through, then that's only uh, appropriate. Uh, Jimmy V searching for a hug, of course, at NC State moment, going up against two-seed George Mason, their Cinderella run in 06. Austin, let's crown a champion. Jimmy V getting the birthday hug from Thurl Bailey. <laughs> the Wolfpack champions again. They landslide victory over George Mason. 71% of the vote. Goes to Jimmy V in the NC State Wolf. Pack. Wow. How about that? In fact, their first round win, 86% of the vote. Second round, 70%. Final four, 51%. Nose uh, edged out to uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, who was that there? The Danny was H. Coast to Coast. Was that yeah. Pinko's Pete? No, oh, no, that no, was no. Danny and, and then yeah, they right. went back to their landslide victory ways today. Or last night, rather. So, congrats. There you go. Yeah, I think we should get Thurl on the show. We should try and get right Thurl. this second. Well, no, no not right this second. <laughs> Jeez. Let's, let's, no, uh, let's gonna... see if we can interrupt Thurl! his birthday party. Are you here? <laughs> no, Couldn't I find mean, him. Sorry. I mean, at some point in the future, okay. maybe we should get Thurl on and say, "Congrats, Thurl! You've oh, won the only title which that one, really matters." Right? Which one will he care more about? It better be this one, right, guys? Obviously, it's this one. I mean, any any sort of competition having to do with Gordon, I mean. That's what we're, everybody's really trying to win, right, Gordo? If it was your birthday today, fellas, would you, how, how would you celebrate? 
I would because obviously under these conditions, it's a little different. See, I, I don't, I don't always celebrate on my birthday. I think it's okay <laughs> to not. Great point. I'd wait till all this was over. I'd say it's yes. not my birthday yeah. until nobody can, come over. Yeah. Nobody. Let's be safe here and smart here. Exactly. That's exactly what I do. Right. So, do you have like a, a Zoom deal? No, I'm doing just what Austin says. It is not my birthday. We'll celebrate when we can all get together. That will be my birthday. Well, that, what if that's not for another month or two? So? There will be cake still on the earth. <laughs> Great point. Somebody somewhere will produce a birthday cake. I can find a, a candle, cake. possibly. Right. Bowler can craft me one out of earwax. Because what's the point in having a birthday if you can't have your <laughs> friends and loved ones around? Well, that's true, but it, it isn't your birthday. Well, you don't adhere to that rule either, so I don't want to hear that from you. Well, at least at least you got to be within a shouting distance, don't you? Define shouting distance. A month, sure. Two months, a month. Come on, That's, you got to do Who something are you today to make the rules well, that you break. Uh, I didn't really break them. We still celebrated in a major way on my birthday, but uh, it it there was also a, an attendant celebration mm-hmm. which is exactly <laughs> what you were criticizing in the first place uh, i don't have a problem with it so much as long as as long as it's still celebrated on the day of and and i, and I would prefer i certainly don't want thorough gathering with a with 50 people but i wonder what is he going to do is he just going to um, uh, what what can what are the possibilities doing it via Teleconference? Immediate family. Get that Zoom going. Yep. He can go yep. to 1280thezone.com and relive the uh, storied uh, jaunt through the Sweet 16 Best Moments of Madness for NC State. He could. He, in fact, I, I almost guarantee he will. Not. <laughs> uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And uh, Tuesday's gone with the wind, Gordon. It is, uh, and uh, we uh, we hope everybody out there stays safe, stays sane, stays uh, healthy, and uh, can enjoy themselves under these circumstances. And, uh, you know, I, I worry about the people who have been so severely affected by what's going on, Jake, both both healthy, health-wise, and uh, state of mind-wise, and uh, and uh, economically as well. Uh, Gordon, what uh, what uh, movie does the fam have on tap for tonight? I have no idea. Uh, I think they're going to leave it up to me to pick. Oh, I think Austin should pick for you. Okay. I was thinking. I was thinking about maybe an old-time classic like Casablanca or something. But you got a better idea. I mean, that's a good way to go to sleep. That's not a bad pick for that kind of thing. <laughs> That and a warm glass of milk, you'll sleep till Saturday. <laughs> why don't uh, why, we, we let's? What about a movie about uh, like journalism or writing or something like that? Uh, what's the What's the one with uh, Bob Redford about Woodward and Bernstein? Uh, all, all the, the president's, president's men. men. All yeah. the president's men. That's a great movie. Yeah. Have oh, you seen? Uh, how about Fletch, the great newspaper <laughs> uh, lighter, uh, writer Fletch? 
Wasn't that filmed in Provo, well, parts of it? Part of it was, because mm-hmm. the, the person he was investigating was in Provo. In fact, that's one of the funniest parts of the movie, when he's uh, flipping through the pictures from his trip to Utah, and he's like, there's an angry dog, and this dog was trying to meet me. Oh, the Tabernacle Choir, or whatever it was, the, the Mormon, here's the Mormon Tabernacle, as he flip it through. <laughs> oh, man. It's all ball bearings, guys. Just put it on the Underhills, Bill. <laughs> Have your kids seen Fletch, Gordon? Because maybe that might be the answer. That might be uh, what you need I to don't watch. Know, but if I'm going to show them an old time movie, man, I better we better knock it out of the park because I don't want my credibility is on the line here. So I don't think be, envy, anybody's advocating an old timey movie. You consider Fletch well, old timey? If they do. Uh, yeah, but Fletcher, you can still relate to Fletch a lot easier than you can Casablanca. Yeah. I had them, uh, yeah, but at least in that case, they're watching a classic. Fletch is totally I I had them watch uh, The the Naked Gun one night a few weeks ago, and that was, was, let's just say that was chuckled at a little bit here and there, but not really... Uh, up to snuff. Oh, they're crazy. Didn't you say someone in your family has yet to see The Wizard of Oz? Yes. That's okay. Then that's it. You have to. You got to okay. see The Wizard of Oz. And it's got enough black and white that you'll like it. And then everyone else will wake up when she gets to Munchkin Land and be fine. But, but, but you're saying Ixnay on the Casablanca, really? Uh, yes. Is that considered one of the five best movies of all time? By very. By who? A lot of people who are older than me, yeah. And by the way, did, did Jake just call my family crazy? Oh, no, 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 for not liking uh, Naked Gun, because I, I love okay. that movie and find it hilarious. Not literally crazy, just saying, I guess, I disagree. Why are you shaking your head, Jake? No, I don't I'm think they're kidding. actually <laughs> insane for not liking the movie The Naked Gun. I'm just surprised. If, any, if, anyone, if anyone can uh, send along a suggestion for me, uh, at Gordon Monson, let me know because I'm I'm really I want to I want to I want it to be a big hit, I want it to 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 impress. All right, there you go at Gordon Monson. All right, uh, we want to say thanks to uh, everybody who joined the show today. Thanks to Austin. Thanks to everybody who uh, has listened as well. Gordon, I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Okay, thanks, Jake. All right, more big show coming up on a Wednesday, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty.